one. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Uncalled For podcast, football feedback number two. Um, I guess we're still going to roll with this name for right now until we think of something different or better or somebody tells us something better. Um, so I guess today, you know, just Trey and I again tonight, um, we're kind of going to cover the Arsenal and United game, you know, what we were talking about on the last episode, you know, now a few days out from the game, you know, two teams are in vastly different positions after that. I mean, I guess I'm going to go ahead and just start out with Trey. How are you, as an Arsenal fan now, how do you feel after that game? Do you, do you feel like, um, do you feel different? Like, do you feel like the season is going to go in a different way than maybe you did before the game started, or, or what? Um, I'm I'm kind of stuck in between, um, yes, and no, but with a lot of positives to that no. Um, yes, seeing that. We did beat Man United, and um, I, it's kind of hard to say because I don't know if Man United is good or if Man United is just not there because of the Champions League w- results that you guys have been getting. Yeah. Um, the game kind of it, – it didn't go how, how I thought it was going to go. I thought it was kind of going to be like almost like a shootout in a way um, with the poor defense – that United has and Arsenal has their tendencies to slip up. Um, Mm. I said it in last episode, I thought Mustafi was going to play, which, you know, could have been a disaster, but we (laughs) we ended up deciding to go with holding and, um, he did pretty well. He he played well. Uh, but that, that's the thing with him. He has his games and then he'll come out for a stretch of games and just look terrible. So I was kind of, I was kind of, uh, interested to see how he did and he played well um gabriel did his part party looked amazing el neni yep. looked am- amazing yeah thomas party's kind of come out of this game um you know I, I really feel like in that game individually no player for either team really built stock in themselves after the game yeah except for thomas party you know what yeah, i mean like and I, was if- gonna, I was gonna say that too like with him um, he had, he had only played like you know, like one or two games before this, but mm-hmm. the you could he couldn't have chose a better breakout game than this. I mean, he showed like he showed what he can do. Like mm-hmm. he made his presence felt on that field. And like I said before, I was like, you guys have Bruno Fernandez. I mean, Pogba could show up any day. Rashford can. He's, he was on that goal scoring tear and stuff like that. But like Party. He, he shut, he shut the whole midfield down. And I mean, like I said, he couldn't have chose a better game to show up than and make him make his name heard than this one. Yeah. Well, any different feelings on Arteta after the win or nothing? He ain't no different, really. See, the thing with Arteta, there was no attacking. There was no. There's still the same like issues and shit. There's no fluidity. Um, you know, we kind of struggled going. I mean, we had chances. We did We did create a lot of chances. And I told you during the game, I said, 
uh, we were going up the left side a lot, but our most uh, dangerous chances that we had were coming from the right side. Yeah, uh, obviously. With and that I one said Bellerin that across with the Bellerin cross and Aubameyang uh, mistiming his his run, whatever the, his yeah his his run, and you know. It's different when when you go when you go up from the right side because teams are expecting you to go up from the left, and I was saying that before too. Um, when William didn't really do much, but that game was screaming for somebody like Pepe. Oh yeah. Or... Well, I said that before the game. You know, kind of I guess our little preview. You could probably call the last episode more so, but you know, I kind of that's why I said before. You know, your chances are going to come from the right side, and you guys should attack that. You should attack Maguire and Shaw's side because they are the liability. And being in completely honest, like, Wambasak has actually played well lately, you know, and Victor Lindelof has actually played really well lately. The left side of the fence, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, how Lindelof is the man going to be the odd man out, you know, with two and Zabi play, playing well again for P, against PSG. I think Maguire should be the odd man out. I mean, the the guy only starts is only not in the hot seat. I mean, he is a little bit. He was for like a week and a half, um, but because he cost eighty million, he's and he's the fucking captain that he doesn't deserve to be, and that's why he's on the team sheet, you know. And because, in all honesty, to me, he just he's a more of a liability because of how unathletic he is compared to everybody else. You know, if he gets caught up field at all, I mean. There is no recovery pace. There's nothing. Well, that's what I was kind of hoping for in the game because, like, Willian, he's not he's not the same. Obviously, he's not as quick. Yeah. Um, you know, he a lot of his abilities are taken away uh, as he got older and stuff like that. That's why I'm saying on that right side, there was a big change that needed to happen at halftime. It didn't happen, but like I said, that game was screaming for, for the – for some speed on that right side, you know, whether it was Pepe or Reese mm-hmm. Nelson or fucking anybody to come on. I mean, I mean, like, Aubameyang was playing down the left side, so uh, he was kind of kind of out of the game for the most part. Um, Lacazette with the hold-up play, but, I mean, every time he held up play, it was passing it to the left side, and there was nobody right there on the right. Yeah. So I, I, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Maguire was challenged that much that game, and – I didn't really – I thought he played somewhat not bad. I mean, he played better than what I thought he was going to play. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's just because nobody was really going down his side. So there was really no way, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to look at this from a United perspective right now. I, we're complete, two completely different fucking teams – that play in the fucking Champions League and what plays in the fucking Premier League right now, and that's fucking unacceptable. Yeah, it's nice to win against Leipzig and PSG. It's awesome. But at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter when we're fucking 15th in the league and we play like absolute shit. Think about this for a second. We Against Arsenal, what is the one chance that we had that stands out in your mind? The one that Rashford put through like a diagonal ball to Greenwood that Greenwood shot first time on like a kind of an awkward angle. Apart from that, what sticks out in your mind? Uh, Anything? Uh, not really. You I don't know. really know. And we just look 
like we don't have we don't really have a system we don't have a style we look clueless going forward i wasn't a fan of the fucking team coming out it was so fucking obvious really i i know like on twitter i saw like a lot of like those united accounts and stuff like that they were saying that you guys that ali had chose uh, a strong lineup oh they're saying that because he's picked the same lineup that played against leipzig midweek so all those little twitter fucking fanboys that get all excited and when they see united win that don't really know anything about fucking soccer football whatever you know you have to here's the thing arsenal want to play we're playing wide to Aubameyang, um to Saka, and then that right hand side if they move it quick was wide open. That's why Bellerin was getting into good spots because we play so fucking narrow, we can't cover the ground. And um, it, it just is so annoying to watch, and it doesn't change. Like, <laughs> there's no width through our team. We basically had Paul Pogba because of the way we lined up playing so far out wide. And, and you know, I'm going to say this. He's just a fucking scapegoat. Yes, he gave away the penalty. It was a very soft penalty. Yes, it's still a penalty. But, you know, if that would have been... I'll be honest. If that had been fucking McTominay or Fred that gave away that penalty, nobody would be fucking complaining and going crazy about it. You know, hmm. Pogba played awesome against Leipzig. He did. I don't think he actually played that. But besides the penalty, he didn't play great, but he wasn't the worst player on the fucking field. Yeah, he wasn't the worst player. McTominay is a fucking liability. He can't pass the ball forward. It's sideways. Like, I'll give him credit. He can run around and, you know, run into people. Sure. Um, defensively. Me, was, it was, to me, it was the one that player that, the one player that really stuck out to me was uh, Luke Shaw. And I don't really yeah. see a lot of people calling his name nope, out. Nope, you don't. There was, they, he had tons of chance, I mean, just wide open space. And he he choked almost. Like it looked like he didn't know what the hell to. No, he never to knows do what to do. If the ball is out wide, ever when we have the ball, he never overlaps. It's That's almost a, like his first instinct is just when he gets the ball, just cross it, just throw it. Well, out. not even that. He's crossing shit. His his first instinct, honest to God, is he stands there and then looks for a cut, like a little backwards or sideways pass to Harry Maguire or whatever mid defensive midfielders near him. He never overlaps. He just looks lost. He doesn't know what to do going forward. There's no he's not dynamic enough. Like overlapping is the most basic thing for a fullback to do going on an offensive, you know, well when you have possession in the final third. That's just yeah. fucking basic. He doesn't do it. And when and he, I know there were there were a few times where I had seen um I can't remember who the player was, but they were getting upset with Shaw because Bruno's um, done it, Rashford's done it, Pogba's yeah, done he it. Just, he doesn't overlap. He just he just kind of just stays behind. They. Yeah. You want to know what I think it is? Do you think it's because that he might get scared that he can get caught out with the space that he's leaving behind, and he doesn't have? And he? I, do you think he just knows he doesn't have that speed to make up for it? So he maybe that's like part of it. Back. But I'll be honest with you, he's not the same player that he was before he broke his leg years ago. But you know the old Luke Shaw before that would have used to overlap, used to make those driving runs. That's when he broke his leg was when he made a long driving run, and maybe it's a psychological thing for him where he does not just want to get in the mix going forward anymore. But and and I get it too. Maybe it's because Maguire plays left center back, so that means if he pushes too far forward, that means Maguire is going to be one on one with a winger counterattacking. 
So here's the thing, too. It's all fine and good if, you know, Shaw pushes forward and then the right wing also, you know, drags back and tracks the tracks Luke Shaw. Well, here's the thing. You don't have to track Luke Shaw back. And I would say as a coach, like, you don't even really have to worry about it. He's not going to cross. He's not going to overlap. He's going to stand there like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Stay forward. And then if you get the ball and we put it to the right side, we have a, um, a right winger with some pace that can run at McGuire. You know, that's what you want to do. And for me, it's like the ollie wow. out thing after the game. Now, this is, you know, people, you, it's the ollie in and ollie out is like a, it's divided like the fucking United States of America with Biden and Trump. It's like either support <laughs> him with all your fucking heart or it's like you're on the other side and you want him fucking out. And I, here's my thing. I don't think. He cons- here's the thing. It's all about consistency, right? We yep. are the we're consistently inconsistent. If you can show up beat PSG final we're in the final last year of the Champions League. You can show up and beat Leipzig five nothing, semifinalist last year in the Champions League. But you can't even create a fucking chance against Arsenal that's halfway decent. You can't um you get dominated by Brighton. You get smacked like Spurs, like you're a fucking non-league team. I don't even want to say a championship team because a championship team wouldn't get beat like that. Then um, you get beat at home. We haven't won a game at Old Trafford yet this year. We've And we haven't won our last six league home games going back to last year. So we're really struggling at home. And, um, and the crazy thing is, is uh, I saw a crazy stat. Is like we hadn't won in old, we hadn't won at Old Trafford, a league game at Old Trafford. Since in 2006. 2006. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's that's crazy. And, and and you know what? And this was kind of a topic I knew we were going to talk about. I guess we can jump into it now. You know, Old Trafford's one of the biggest and most famous stadiums in the world, and. Mm-hmm. Usually, when a team comes there, non during you know non COVID times, um, it's a it's a huge deal. You know, coming to Old Trafford, playing the Theater of Dreams. Whoever you are, when you show up, you know it's a big stage. You know, and you have seventy five thousand fans there and everything else. Well, now it's just a glorified fucking training field. There is no atmosphere, <laughs> nothing. We're slow, and there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. And, um. And, and see, I think everybody realizes that. And this is kind of what I want to transition to, um, you know, talking about not having not having fans in the stand. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, let me finish this about United real quick. I am sick and tired of seeing everybody shit on Paul Pogba non-fucking-stop. Look at every single fucking player in that team. And none of them were fucking good enough. None. And, but we want to always find our fucking scapegoat. And he's the easiest one to do it. Because we want to say he's 85 million. He's blah, blah, blah. Well, we had a fucking world record signing center back that can't ever do anything. That can't even run. And Pogba was clearly fucking fatigued towards the end of that game. Before he gave away the penalty. Everybody at home could fucking see it with their own eyes. But Solskjaer decides to take off Bruno, and Bruno played terrible in that game as well. So, well, I agree with you, but for the most part, um, 
uh, with Pogba is just like he hasn't really. He's also he also hasn't really been having the greatest year either. So I mean, like at the same time, like yeah, you can say that he doesn't deserve all the hate he's getting, but you gotta like you gotta give him some sort of criticism. Oh no, he he, he definitely hasn't been okay cause I, was just, I was trying to make just make sure no no like was, i'm not saying he's been awesome and uh, like people need to realize it like i'm saying is he hasn't been great but you know what yeah. other people haven't been either and there's been a yeah. lot of people a lot of players that have been worse than him yeah i was gonna say and, and so my thing is is everybody just wants to make him the fucking scapegoat and blame him for everything instead of ever looking at the manager or other look or looking at other players and you know what at the end of the day Right now, I mean, does he deserve to probably be playing and starting every game? No, because I don't really think he's fit enough right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with long season. Here's the thing. Remember, he was out for a long fucking time last year with his ankle issues. So he probably couldn't train properly. But then when we came back after COVID, he was thrown in there and had to. And when they played the shit out of him and Bruno. And then we went deep into the Europa League as well. So we played until August. We only had like two and a half weeks off. And um, then he, but he gets COVID, so he can't train either. So the guy has, I don't think he's really that fit, and I don't think he has been for a while. Now, th- I'm not necessarily making that an excuse. It is an excuse, and it isn't, you know, but at the same time, that's where I look at the manager and say, well, you got to make a fucking decision. You either got to start Van de Beek, who every time he comes on the field looks good. But yeah, he can't he get us. Well. He can't get us. He can't ever get a start. He can't start over. You know. And I, I remember you saying something about uh, if you were Vanderbeek, you're you're putting in a request. Bro, uh, I'm, I swear to God, man. Unless like, you know, I'm a diehard United fan. But it's like when you have when you're a professional athlete, you have a very short career. You have to make the most of that. And he's a player that was linked with Real Madrid and a lot of top teams. And yes, he probably would have been a rotational player there, but there was a lot of good teams that he could have gone to and been a consistent starter. But he's come here, and I get it. Bruno and Pogba, big names. If they're playing well, not many midfielders in the world are going to start over them. But, but the, at the same time, like with as dynamic as, as Van de Beek and Pogba and Bruno, I mean – there's no reason why that those three shouldn't be your. That's how I see it. If I'm a manager, I'm putting Bruno, Pogba, and Van de Beek in my starting see, here's the thing. in my starting midfield you because could, of how dynamic they can be. Though you could make it work, I think, some to some degree, but Van de Beek isn't the. I mean, he he, he can, can play a six. He can play a six. He can do it. If you're playing a game where you're gonna confidently dominate possession he can certainly play the six 110 percent and um whether that be him and Pogba kind of alternating rotating around the midfield just Pogba to give different looks box to box. so he that's my it like can it can work playmaker but there's no excuse right now that van de beek hasn't started games over any of our midfielders like he Especially the way he's played this yeah the way he's you know, been playing every time he gets subbed on, the way he looks, he's a better player than McTominay could ever dream of. The same for Fred. And right now he's been playing better than Pogba has this season. And for the most part, I would say he's more lively than Bruno has been this season. He just doesn't – he just – you know, what's funny is Van de Beek has played like, you know, been a substitute never in all the games he's come on. But he's been on the field for five out of Manchester United's nine Premier League goals, and he's a fucking substitute. So it tells you something that 
there's a spark that happens when he's on the field. Every time I watch him, he's always he's always hustling to make a run. He's always getting in the space, the open space. He's not standing around and fucking watching everything. But and that's the thing. He just came from Ajax in a really good system and a well coached system. Now he comes here. Now I wonder, you know, again, is it the players? Is it the manager? It's a mixture of both. And the thing is, is that um, <laughs> I don't know how to. Fi- I don't know what they're gonna do to fix it. The easier thing to, the easiest thing to do is get rid of the manager. I don't think if he loses, if. But that's that's the thing though. With him, it. I'm pretty sure we've said this in multiple of other episodes that we've had. It's just like when he's on that hot seat, bro. We always pull it incredible. up. We always pull it out of the bag. That's the thing. You if he if we fuck it up on tomorrow or on Wednesday against Istanbul, what like lose or draw? Let's say we draw. That Everton game is gonna be fucking huge. If we lose to Everton, and we have seven points out of seven games that's like relegation form yeah he's gotta go 100%. well here's the thing that's what people are gonna be saying if we lose everton so when we go away to goodison park on saturday Smash you know we're gonna fucking get get three points it's in a way when then you're gonna have some fans saying ollie's at the wheel where's the ollie haters at now like and the thing is, I'm not necessarily saying get rid of them now. If it gets to if we here's the thing, Liverpool already have double our point over double our points, <laughs> and we're fucking seven games in the season. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. And and what what is our ambition? You what's your what are your expectations? I'm sorry, I've heard that we're in a rebuild since 2013 when Alex Ferguson <laughs> retires. I've heard rebuild. I'm sick and fucking tired of hearing rebuild. We spend a shit ton of money and we waste it on shit players. When we sell players, we never get shit for them apart from Lukaku, which, you know, looking back at it, um, probably could use somebody like him. I know he wants to be if, I mean, he didn't play bad for United, but he didn't fit the manager's, manager's style of play, let's say, that kind of remains a mystery sometimes to me still. Um, but hey, I, one more thing too. I wanted to ask you about uh, the the attacking um, system that you guys tried to use against us. I mean, like oh, you mean where our two strikers played wing back? I don't know if I don't know if Arteta put in like this defensive structure that was just like just mind blowing and like it actually like worked that well. Or was it just? It. I mean, it almost seemed like you guys only had two players up, really, and it was Rashford and Greenwood. What? Now, let me ask you this: Would you have rather played Cavani over Greenwood for the experience? Because I mean, when when because correct me if I'm wrong. When Cavani came in, he almost scored, right? Um. Or am I thinking about a different? You're thinking game? of a different game. Okay. Cavani but, came mean, on and pretty much got stuck out on like kind of the left-hand side. I mean, if we're talking about what I'm doing, I'm not playing and um, you even said that in last you even said that last week though with our defense and I mean, you guys you said this you also I mean, I'm saying we're saying this, we said this all this other stuff a lot, but I mean, we said this before. We called a lot of these things. Yeah. We play out the back. Cavani's a pressing striker. Yep. 
Rashford or Greenwood half-ass press whatever you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know uh, where our defense is prone to mistakes. So that here's that's here's my thing. Like I said, if this is me, I'm not playing in a diamond like Solskjaer did. Now the problem was is when I'm watching that and I see our strikers come so far deep where Bruno is ahead of them. And I notice where Greenwood gets so far back that he's not that far ahead of Wambasaka, where they're so disjointed from the diamond that it, you don't, you don't, you're not really able yeah. to press, you're not really able to do much. And I would have played a different formation. I would have probably played in a four four or four three three if it was me. I'd have had Rashford on the left, Greenwood on the right. I would have had Cavani as the striker, and I would have him pressing the center backs. And I the three in midfield. You know, an eight. I would have gone to dominate the ball, and when we lose it, we press the hell out of them and get it back, and force a mistake. And um, so, who knows no. what? But, but we didn't. And see, here's the thing. I've just been, I've been a high school soccer coach, right? I see this, and a guy who's supposed to be a professional for Manchester United doesn't see this. You know, um, I question him a lot. I question his lineups often. I think, you know, sometimes we get, you know, it's great. Like, I, I'm not going to say, like, I'm disappointed in the results, but sometimes we get get results we don't deserve. Look at Brighton. Did not deserve that, that win. You know, um, it's just... It's kind of a, unless he no, wins a trophy or he has to get top four and be competitive, top four and be competitive in one competition, like either semifinal or final or win something or he's gone because we fired Van Hall when he finished fifth. We finished fifth only because, and we were tied with Man City who finished fourth, but we missed out because of goal difference. So we basically retired for fourth, and but we won the FA Cup, and we still fired Van Hall because they said that wasn't good enough, and they hired Jose Mourinho. Where does that line? Because I look at people want to say this about Ollie, this about Ollie, and then United fans want to have a go at Arteta. When I say this, look back to last year, Arteta actually won a fucking trophy. He won an FA Cup. Yeah, I know Arsenal win it all the time. I guess maybe to them it's no it, it's no big deal to some people. But but they also got to take a look at the teams. You but beat the, but there the, too. well exactly. And so here's the thing: we played fucking Chelsea and played like absolute shit. We played against Sevilla in the semifinal and played like absolute shit. We went three semifinals last year and played like shit in all of them. And so winning stuff is important, you know. And that's where that's where United fans want to give Pochettino shit is that he didn't win anything. Well, I'm sorry, but. So far, Solskjaer hasn't won anything either for us. And, you know, that has to be the minimum expectation, too. Because if, here's the thing. If we finish fourth this year, that is a step backwards from last year. Yes, you're in the Champions League, but still a step backwards. If we're not competitive in any cups, that's even a bigger step. Excuse me. Another step backwards. Well, it's also one thing to, uh, you know, win trophies, but it's also another thing to at least look like convincing and like you guys are actually progressing and going somewhere. yeah and see that's the thing you know jose Mourinho, for example 
notorious for not having in his peak years, maybe not the most attractive playing teams, but you don't, if you're winning the fucking Premier League, if you're winning your domestic league and winning a Champions League in, in the same year or whatever, or you win a treble, I don't really give a fuck how we play because at the end of the day, we can say, yeah, well, we won everything. But when you're just fucking a run of a, you're trying to get top four and we play like shit, it's like, I mean, and here's my and my thing is is that there's obviously a motivation and a leadership issue. If you can show up and beat PSG and Leipzig like that, but you can't show up in your own fucking league and be competitive for the most part, th- you know that's a pl- that's a problem with the players. You know, as Roy Keane said. You know, he doesn't think necessarily it should always be on the coach to motivate. It should come from the players within. I agree with that statement 100%, but they aren't players like Roy Keane anymore. There aren't players that have that pride about playing like he used to. Yeah. And and I know, I mean, especially at, like, sometimes lower level, if you're, like, me coaching high school and things like that, you motivating and keeping people happy and – and ready to go is such a big part of coaching. It's almost like, you know, that's the some... one thing. I mean, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's the one thing that I noticed with Arteta when he came in. Um, with Emery, there was no fight in the team. There was like no motivation after we had kind of. Um, I mean, we had a good, we had a great year his first year. I mean, apart from finishing fifth, yeah, we probably should have, I mean, well, not probably, but we should have gotten better results. We had the easiest remaining schedule out of all. Uh, I mean, we had the easiest path to get to the top four, and we choked it. Uh, We lost to Brighton, or we Mm -hmm. drew a Brighton. I can't remember which one it was. I remember you guys fell apart at the end of that year. Yeah, we, and then we go and get smashed by Chelsea in the Europa League final, and then it's almost like after that, there was kind of like a. It was a fall off. There's a big fall off in the motivation to play for him. Oh yeah, and then I don't know what went on um, in 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 the off season, but it's almost like there was something that was switched. It was kind of like what happened with Spurs when they lost the Champions League final. Yeah, because I mean, the next season Emery came back. I mean, we were just terrible, yeah. bro. I mean, Jaka was walking off the field. Um, yeah. I mean, Aubameyang was just doing Aubameyang things, but. But it seemed like he was out the uh, we, door. We, we had like we had no create. We have no we had no creativity, and it just. I mean, the lineups were changing every week. We didn't have it. We were just putting pieces everywhere, and I mean, like, it was bad. So yeah. then once he was gone, and then uh, Youngberg came in, there's kind of some there was kind of some hope that he might change things around, but he didn't do it. And then Arteta comes in, and it's almost just like a switch. Yeah, I mean, for the first game that he came in, like you could tell tactically, we were playing different. Obviously, it wasn't good because he had only been in for a few days. But seeing from the time he came in to now, there's a system in place. You know how he wants to play, and it seems like the players that they want to play for him. Xhaka came back into the team, and he looks not great. He still has his moments, but he looked better than what he was. Uh, when he was with uh, under under Emery, yeah, and stuff like that, and you know, there's there's a fight in the team, and you yeah. know, you just can't you can't really like. Well, yeah. For example, you know, you guys definitely. I mean, there's a clip on Twitter, you know, in the 92nd minute, and El Nini is running his ass off trying to yeah, cover every blade. 
that is that some is, that's a team that's fighting where i look at united and that you know we're starting to, and i notice this more and more starting to have players argue with each other on the field lash out at each other and that's out of frustration There's you saw with lindelof lindelof when, did that he he kicked the ball out and he looked at whoever and he was like it was it was like pogba and and uh shaw's side and everything like he was like and that's like you know Lindelof's been doing that lately to people, and it's out of frustration because I think maybe he gets frustrated because he gets. I mean, but that's good though because you that need just shows you that need he the wants fight. To win. But then it's also that it can be bad if you don't have players that respond to that. Then it can turn things sour if your coach can't. I'm gonna be honest with you. He did more. He did more of the yelling than McGuire, your your own captain. Oh, 100 percent. That's all. Well, that's like you know it's funny because Roy Keane said that he doesn't see any leaders on the field at United. And then they asked McGuire about that after the game. He said, I don't think that's true. I think we have a lot of leaders. No. <laughs> I'm like, I saw no. that. I'm like, oh, my God, why are you fucking – don't wear that fucking captain's armband ever again. If and it was me, I would give – I would probably give the captain armband to either Bruno or Pogba because knowing that, like, those are probably your two best players, and I think that if you give them the captain's armband – because when you think about it, right – when you're given that, when you're given captaincy, you know, that's, I don't know if, like, I, every player might be different, but to me, if I'm giving captaincy of a team on a match day in a big game, I'm going to try to be, like, that's probably motivation to me, and that just shows that the manager trusts me and stuff like that. Oh, hell yeah. And, and and you know, like, when McGuire's back there, and he's not really saying anything. Well, see, that's so it's like... Just like Bruno, well, if, our, if our captain's not saying anything, then yeah. what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, see, that's to like I mean? Bruno is big on being outspoken. And that's like he was captain against PSG. And, you know, I feel like for him, you can just definitely tell about the way he talks about things, you know, his motivation to win yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, matches up with the Manchester United of old, maybe not the United of new. And... Um, which is very frustrating. I mean, it's fucking, it's, like I said, being this inconsistent, like, it, it's it's awful, and things have to change, and like I said, like we always say, he, Solskjaer finds himself one game away, like, so, so many times. You know, he's been one game away from getting fired, like, at least three or four times now. And we always pull it out. But they did this. This happened under Mourinho, too. This isn't just a new, you know, anything new. I remember the beginning of two years ago when Mourinho was our coach when he got fired. And um, the beginning of that season, I think around October, November, we lost a few games. Remember, we were losing, I think, 2-0 to Newcastle at home. And the fans were booing and going crazy. And he subs on Martial and... Martial and Pogba, I think Martial scores a goal. Pogba sets up another goal. And then one man scores a free kick, and we win it. And the players would always kind of pull Jose, you know, from under the bus at the last minute to keep him afloat. And eventually the bottom just fell out. And and I think it goes back to maybe something, too. I mean, I think a lot of there's a lot of issues at play here. And I remember Roy Keane also said that he said – Solskjaer will lose his job working with this group of players because leopards don't change their spots. And, I mean, if you really think about that, this United team, the players are good enough because when the games are big, they usually always turn up 
and play yeah. well. And they can well, and most of the time match their opposition somehow. And if you can't demand that game in, game out, and get that out of them, game in and game out, then... Well, especially to me, the motivation has to come... Well, obviously, you know, it can't come from the fans because there's no fans there and stuff like that. So it has to come within. It's got to mm-hmm. come from the coaching staff, and there's got to be some belief in the players that you know they can do it and stuff like that that's like and in seeing you know seeing teams like everton and aston villa and stuff like that the reason why they're probably doing so good is because you know without there being fans there they probably take it upon themselves to motivate themselves like to get the team going themselves and stuff like that yeah and you know I don't know what the issue is with United. I can't speak on it because I don't know your team that well. But if it's something, I mean, obviously it's a motivation if, issue if, you know, you got players walking around the field and not doing anything and stuff like well, that. Well, and I, we can just jump into the fit, no having no fans in, in the stands right now. You know, I'm going to be completely honest. You know, I think big games, the crowd, the close games – you know, the home team or whatever, that can push them on a le- an extra, you know, few extra – just give them that, that edge. Yeah, the extra gear to get a winner, to, to press harder or run harder. And when you don't have that, or, or say the opposition team rather, for example, coming to Old Trafford. Um, mm-hmm. Spurs. You, you don't – yeah, you don't have – you don't have that extra pressure now. Now it's like a training match, and then it's easier to kind of just play. And I think you see some players that are performing really well lately, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, how some players play awesome in practice but not at games. Yeah. It's like because now it almost seems like practice. And I think the game loses a lot, too, from a spectator point because I'm going to be honest. When I first got into watching um, soccer and everything – Almost what drew me the most was the atmosphere at the grounds because watching it on TV, you know, because obviously I live in the United States and, you know, watching games in England or just Europe in general, American sports don't have that level of dedication and passion at the games, you know, and when I would watch the games, I would be like, man, look at that. The, the crowd the energy it's like it gives it that much more as a spectator and now it just feels kind of not dull but just like it just it, you know what i mean it's easy to just kind of sometimes zone out and in some games and i think that's why sometimes you're seeing some games aren't really competitive some people show up with different intensities i think that's why sometimes you see almost like the Champions League for today, the fucking blowouts that happened in the Champions League today. Like Bayern Munich went to Salzburg and won 6-2. I mean, that's not really, it's Bayern Munich. Um, you know, like uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach against Shakhtar. Mm-hmm. They won 6-0 today. 6-0. <laughs> six yeah, nil. Know, really. You know what I mean? And it's like they're not even, they're not considered an elite German team. Yeah. Um, you know, Liverpool beat Atalanta 5-0 today. Um, City, I mean, City won 3-0, whatever. Porto won 3-0 against Marseille. Uh, United, you know, last week 5-0 against Leipzig. 
And that's where you wonder, you know, are some of these score lines because, you know, there's not that extra push, there's not the extra pressure. So now every game feels like you're playing just at a neutral site. You know, I think maybe sometimes the home team might be at a disadvantage because it's like you're almost too relaxed, you're too comfortable. You know, because mm-hmm. you're not, you know, you'd think, well, you don't have to travel, this or that. But maybe the little travel, it's that extra little bit of focus. You know what I mean? It's like you're 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 taken away from the distractions of home or whatever it is. Yeah. You know. Now, let me, wait. Was uh, Gladbach home today? Mm, or were they away? They're away. Okay, because I was gonna say I was like in Germany, I was like, aren't they allowed fans? Why not? One point I, for a league. I I assume maybe I don't know. I think maybe for league games, but I was gonna say I don't. I don't. I think haven't been, been following for them the. I haven't been following the Bundesliga that close, really. So um, I don't know what their what their evolution is now. Yeah. I know at one point they were having fans, but I don't know. Um, I don't know what stage they're at now of reintroducing. Um, well fans i know england's gonna be a a long ways away from that because they're getting ready to go into another lockdown Mm -hmm. so um (laughs) i guess who the fuck knows when yeah man this season's had some some crazy and that's like crazy results i can only imagine imagine what the crowd at old trafford would have been like when spurs were were (laughs) fucking us up well i mean i guess you can say the argument that you never know because if there was fans there then well, I'm just maybe saying, the like, could have been the pressure would be that much more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like oh, yeah. if we're losing six to one, getting embarrassed like that to Jose Mourinho too, because you know he'd have loved it if the fans would have been there. Uh-huh. And then um, <laughs> I could hear the toxicity. Oh yeah, well that's what I remember when he, you know, granted he didn't coach for Juventus, but he had a big rivalry with him when he was a coach at Inter. Right, and when he was a coach for United, and we beat Juventus in the Champions League, then he walked on the field. He walked on the field and put his hand to his ear. Yeah, it was like shaking his head. head, and the fans were booing him, and the fa- <laughs> and Juventus players were yelling at him. Like that's that's in him, and I think that's hilarious that you know he he's a character like that. That's and, awesome. Um, but you know that or the Arsenal game because you know Arsenal United's a you know whether or not they're you know title contenders that's still a big game because of where the clubs used to be you know so it's like at the end of that game at the full-time whistle there would have been booze like crazy that place would have been so toxic and insane um it would have been the same especially after the way we played against chelsea you know um it was just a it would be a lot worse there'd be so much more pressure you know, on on the manager and on everybody else, um, but United need to wake the fuck up and uh, get their shit together before they find themselves looking for a yeah. new manager. You see, Pochettino was on Sky Sports on Monday, you know, on their Monday Night Football show that they have, you know, and people after that were kind of going crazy, you know, want, you know, United fans that want him. You know, because he seems like the the most likely successor to the job. I think he's the next to get the job. You know, kind of regardless. I think I don't think Solskjaer's going to be there forever. You know, uh, I think Pochettino. I think Pochettino's definitely been holding out. You know, he's really he's a very good coach. 
and I'm sure there's a lot of teams that wanted him, but I think he's been holding out for maybe the Real, Real Madrid job, seeing what happens with that, and I think he's probably been holding out to see what happens with United, too. Because um, I know there is a link there. I know at one point in time, you know, um, Alex Ferguson actually wanted Pochettino to come there. Um, apparently they used to have, like, discussions over it, but Pochettino uh, was finishing his project at Southampton and was was going to Spurs and just wasn't the right time. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, still we'll a see long season. So. Still a long season. But, yeah, we still – I mean, you never know. You guys might have a good run of games. Well, that's the thing. That, I that's mean, it, it's just – I just find it crazy, though, because, like, like that's how that's how our game is. That's how Arsenal's game is. We have – we like to keep possession and we like to play out the back and press and heavy press and all that stuff like that. But one of the, well, pretty much our biggest issue right now is we have no creativity in our attack. And I yeah. was surprised when I saw the chances that we had. When I saw the chances that we had, I was like, okay. I mean, I was like, I don't know if it's because it's just United or do we actually have something set up us. today? And I was like, it's probably <laughs> because of United. Because I was like... We'll we'll go out and play against. Uh, I don't even know who we play this Sunday, but we'll 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 go out this next game and just look like just boring, <laughs> and it's just everything is just so scrappy and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, well, that's pretty much all I kind of wanted to get off my chest tonight. I mean, do you have anything else that you? No. So, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. Um, go ahead. Be on the lookout the next few days for the return of the anime podcast um hopefully the boys will be putting that together soon um and then you know have that out i know we have a lot of fans of that um so I, we're happy to you know announce that that's going to be returning and we want it to be a more regular thing um i don't really follow anime and i know they have seasons of shit and whatever so if you're into that and that you you know subscribe to us or follow us for that content you know be on the lookout for that for sure um other than that um you know i'm sure we'll probably have another episode here soon this weekend after the next weekend's games um i might do one if we fucking fuck up if united fucks up against istanbul tomorrow (laughs) i'm gonna have to come on here and fucking make an arsenal fan tv-esque rant um yeah by the way too um to connect with us more uh and if you guys want to keep up with us follow our twitches too uh, yeah yeah Yeah. so trey's twitch is it's it's trey slizo um and then and then mine is i brady gi underscore on twitch as well so we stream on there if you want to stop by and hang out um and talk with us um, that'd be awesome um you can follow us on twitter at the uncalled for and then it's t-h-e-e uncalled for um, so follow us on there. You know, we always tweet out as soon as we upload the videos and they're live on, you know, Spotify and iTunes. We tweet that out immediately with the links. So follow us there to get the links and you can follow us, put notifications on, um, you know, and soon we're going to start to do some video podcasts. That yeah. way, you know, we can have more of a tw- of a YouTube presence because um, I know it's kind of awkward to watch a. We also black got a screen. few. Uh, 
Yeah, we also got a few um, IRL videos coming. Through. Yeah, we want to definitely get um, got a, got a few ideas. Yeah, get some filming done for that kind of stuff and uh, bring you guys some good content. So um, on our YouTube, by the way, on, on our, our YouTube, YouTube channel, and that's just uncalled for on um, YouTube. You can find it there. It's the same login or the same logo, sorry, as our uh, Twitter, so you can see it that way. Um, just gave hackers our information. Well. Not really. <laughs> so same login. Yeah, same logo. It's not the same login though. It's, it's probably different emails. It's yeah, it's it's different stuff. Please but don't it, attack it. Yeah, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Share it with your friends. Um, you know, it really helps us out, and we just want to grow the community more. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed. Look for the new episodes coming up, and uh, we will see you guys soon. Peace. Bye, guys.